Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at Odie, with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of Odie's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast. It's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Fix. And Doug, we have two of the industry's best and recent award winners. Absolutely. I mean, I'm... I'm always excited. I don't know why, but I always am very excited because I learn something through every podcast. Yeah. But the success today, over 90 years of success, okay, you would think, okay, a lot of companies do that, right? Sure. But try to do it in winters that reach 30 below zero, okay? (laughs) Average temperatures are roughly about 17 degrees Fahrenheit. Sure. And then in the summer, I'm getting in over 90 degrees, okay? What a temperature change, okay? But they're able to work with their plumbing contractors and their wholesalers to give them the right materials Absolutely. to work in all those conditions. So these two today, I'm telling you, just home runs, home runs. I love it. Well, welcome to Joe Herkowski and Steve Stickler from Herkowski Stickler and Associates based out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yep. In yes. Illinois. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, and thanks for having us. You got it. Well, we're super excited, and obviously we have a great partnership with your agency and have for many years um, with Odie, and wanted to kind of dive right in, and if you would both give me a little bit of introduction of who you are, uh, that would be great so our listeners can learn a little bit more. So, uh, Steve, you want to kick us off? I thought we'd go alphabetically, but I'm happy oh, to Oh, look in. at that. I threw uh, you for a loop. Into the st- the- Herkowski Stickler. Yes, uh, Steve Stickler. I've been uh, doing this 43 years as a manufacturer's rep. My grandfather started our agency in 1931, so we have a little bit of history. Uh, our living our life on a gamble of a 30-day contract has always been a, something to uh, motivate us to get out <laughs> and get the job done. Uh, But then, yeah, my father took over the business in the 70s, and then I took it over in uh, uh, roughly mid-2000s, something like that. Awesome. So, uh, love the industry, love the people. uh, As Once again, fine examples right here of why I like to get up every morning and do this. So That's pretty cool. That's awesome. All right, Joe, your turn. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I started in 2001 after uh, college, and soccer ended up not being a career for me, so my father got me into selling uh, plumbing (laughs) systems, which is pretty cool. Uh, And he started his business in 1985, and like I said, started in 2001, and and then Steve and I got together in 2013. So been doing this a long time, and uh, same as what Steve said, just having the friendships and the partnerships is what keeps us going. And that's the unique one of the unique part of our industries is the friendships that we formed and having fun along the way. So yeah, that's key. That fun along the way, we definitely need to have that for sure. Um, you know, as experienced business development professionals in the plumbing industry, what are some of the key trends or changes you have witnessed that have significantly impacted the field? Is there anything that you can think of or comes top of mind uh, that has kind of happened over the last, gosh, ten years since you've been in the field? 
You want to start? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, embrace change, right? I mean, uh, it, it really has been real for us. I mean, it's been a journey for Steve and I. Uh, obviously, putting two uh, agencies together back in 2013, and 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 merging um, different rep agencies since 2013. We, we were not in Chicago, so we uh, boldly stepped into Chicago without being into that territory. And um, and just really, I think the key there is just. And I know it's, it, it sounds cliche, but now more than ever, just embracing the change of what's happening in the industry with M&A uh, and the consolidation piece of it has been crucial for us. Sure. And um, I think that's been really important for us as, as we sit here today. And some of the successes we've had as a team has been trying to create that uh, consistent message of embrace it and don't be afraid of it because it's going to happen regardless. And I think that's still a consistent theme throughout our industry at all levels. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And especially with the pandemic, changes happen even faster. So what are maybe some of the things that you do to support your team or even plumbers in the industry to navigate through that change? You know, uh, is it through technology? Is it through communications? Or what are those some of the ways that you're really helping people move through? Because you're dead on. You've, we've got to figure out ways to embrace it and also move forward. Yep, communication, keyword here. We use it all the time. We use it, it sounds like too much, but once again, we pound it into everyone's heads because uh, technology helps that communication a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, much different than the uh, Carrier Pigeon or Pony Express. But uh, <laughs> now we're, you know, a fax machine was a big deal when I started sure. in 1980. So, uh, but now with all the things, it's almost, it's almost, sometimes it seems too fast, but um, the, the change is so rapid now. I mean, what uh, I used to think, you know, what a year's time was, a now it's six months, maybe even a quarter. So, uh, but that's where my C word I wanted to use, Joseph Chain, was consolidation. And that's exactly what is a big part of it. And we're a part of that. Odie's a part of that. Uh, all the, all manufacturers, contractors. Distributors, everyone in consolidation is such a big word. And I think that, that uh, uh, the speed and the communication is what is allowing a lot of that to happen. Sure. Yeah, the, uh, the, the pandemic, I, uh, like Steve said, I mean, communication has always been a buzzword in a, lot of in a lot of companies and corporations, probably never more crucial than ever before. And I think a lot of us learned that through COVID sure. um, and, and how, that, how we embraced that communication within technology, but also how important it was with our contractors. And I think, uh, actually, I don't think we know uh, those manufacturers and those manufacturers, reps and wholesalers that really own the day on the communication through a period of time I don't think any of us ever want to go back into because right. uh, it was extremely challenging. Um, and that word was all communication. And so though it's used a lot, it truly is important in the companies that have uh, embraced it and uh, really doubled and tripled down on, on communicating to the contractors and their, and their partners are, have won and are going to continue to win in, my, in our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So speaking a little bit more into that, you know, let's talk about some of the challenges that the plumbing industry faces today and how companies and organizations can work together to overcome. You know, obviously you've, you've thrown around the word partnership and um, we have a great partnership between our two organizations. You know, how do we and others continue to work to bridge some of those challenges in our industry? Yeah, that, that was one of the, I, going back to the pandemic, one of the things that we, Joe and I, really discovered was without those partnerships, we would have been lost. And we, we don't have pity, but 
we just look at it, some of these other people out there didn't have those relationships. I don't know how you would have gotten through it mm-hmm. because you couldn't go see anybody. You had to make phone calls, kind of had to do some of the old uh, rituals or whatever we used in the past. But without those relationships, we couldn't have done what we did because um, not so much in Illinois. Illinois kind of came to a bit of a standstill. Sure. But Wisconsin was just we had a month down. We had large contractors selling their 30, 40% off. And then all of a sudden, uh, we became a necessary evil, if you will. Sure. A necessary positive thing. Uh, and construction just went crazy. So thank God we had those partnerships and relationships with our customers, distribution contractors, even the architectural and uh, engineering firms. Yeah. Yeah. I would still say even even within uh, our business, but in the contractor, I was two weeks ago, I was sitting with a, a group of contractors in Chicago for one of the associations. And I think I think still for all of our businesses, again, for all channels, contractors, wholesales and reps, succession planning is a huge piece and a concern mm, for a lot of these companies. Sure. And I think it's pretty paramount where you see companies that have faltered. Um, it has really come down to succession planning. That's been a big thing for Steve and I. We've kind of listened to that message as it's been communicated, I think, throughout the industry for years. And I think, again, those that those companies, whether manufacturers, reps, wholesalers, contractors that have embraced that, I believe are set up um, for long-term success. But it was clear to me just sitting with a group of contractors in Chicago, and that room was about 20, and it was all on succession planning, right. um, the different levels of qu- answers you got and the level of degree of what some people think about it. And so I guess if you look at a challenge in the industry, I would say that uh, is one, I think, for all of our businesses and founder-run businesses, and which is why I think Steve and I have seen major um, companies coming in and buying some of these small to mid-sized contractors, big corporations, because of uh, the lack of succession planning and maybe right. some planning in advance. So. I guess I guess that, and then uh, obviously still considering the consolidation of all, you know, again, all channels, right, is a is a major challenge for all of us, right. What about the workforce? Um, do you guys have enough plumbers in your areas that you rep? Are you constantly, you know, assisting in the community events and things of that nature, where you can say, hey, you know, let's get people more interested in this, because we're finding throughout our podcast that. You know, there's a lot of people out there making those connections to try to keep uh, the um, the uh, technician pool filled. But a lot of folks have that stigma, you know, plumbers and poop, and that's all they think about. But there's so many different layers. So what about your job pool? Yeah, we've been, uh, uh, you know, late skilled labor in, in any of, you know, Sparky, uh, HVAC, uh, in the mechanical room, very difficult, uh, as it is with everywhere. I mean, we, I, uh, you know, I always use the, uh, what we see on our border between Illinois and Wisconsin, which is you got Uline on one side of the street and Amazon is on the other side. Mm-hmm. And they have billboards up to just to try to attract people by sometimes pennies different. And then they have uh, basic, uh, uh, you know, funds that they'll give you when you, you start. If you stay for 30 days, they'll pay you $3,000 or, you know, $2,500, whatever. So, and that's what the skilled labor is also fighting that. Right. So we just, uh, we seem, uh, I, I don't know that it's here yet but it seems like it's coming we don't i don't think the shortages yes we hear about it but we don't uh i don't think we 
see it as much as maybe the coast might or something yeah you can you can see it on job sites i guess um you know doug it's something i think we've been talking about for now it seems almost going on five to ten years about the aging workforce in the trades right i mean i remember sitting through a bunch of asa presentations and so um you know i think a continual outreach on what we do within the union halls and to help them um sell um the unions and the trades is something that we like to do, and we have done quite a bit of that. And you got to remember, even from our standpoint now, um, we're trying to uh, sell the manufacturing rep as a, as a portion of the trade as right. well. And yeah. I think that's something that we've been able to do. We have some master plumbers that just joined our staff, um, awesome. three of them. Um, actually, and it's really pretty cool from an angle of, hey, you know, you can start in the trades and you can go do, you know, the tough work and, and, and learn. But then there's other career opportunities like this one uh, where you get to go sell and promote and teach and train. So we're very big on supporting um, whatever we can to help um, the trades build build the, their uh, staff out and their, their labor out. Because it ultimately is, it, it helps us as well, not only from the work, but uh, we are also another opportunity for them in terms of a career. And the same thing uh, with you all with manufacturing. I mean, you look at Doug right. like yourself, you're, you're getting more and more guys that were in the field that are, are coming into these uh, manufacturers or reps because training's become so crucial. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, a different way of looking at it for us is, is also to be able to promote our two businesses and, and the other career path that can come out of the trades mm-hmm. as opposed to just having to go get a four-year degree and then maybe getting hired at ODE or HSA or, or, or whatever manufacturer maybe. So that's a, just a different approach to it for us and how we look at it, but we're certainly a little concerned about it, but we haven't felt those concerns at a, um, a job site level yet where jobs are getting delayed because of it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, um, in the high schools in your areas and stuff like that, do they have vocational programs available for the kids? Yes. Yes. It's been a, that's something they've done uh, for years. Uh, they were doing it before this, so that maybe that's why we're a little bit less sure. susceptible to it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still there, but um, it's a vocational and technical schools have always been very prominent, especially in Wisconsin area. That's I was great. talking to a plumber at uh, the Plumbing Mechanical Contractors Association. He's an owner uh, in Milwaukee. They drive big yellow trucks around here, and we were talking about this very subject. And it was funny. It was interesting from his standpoint he had mentioned there's no shortage of young people he has come and knocking at his door to get that's great uh, to come to work for them and so you know i think a little bit um some of it may be some news out there that it's it's definitely aging but to hear a major contractor owner say that yeah there's some there is a lot of young uh, folks but you know again that ramp up time to get them from in the door to running right. a project right. it yeah. doesn't take 30 days or you know 40 minutes. There, there's a time period there so i think that was refreshing to hear that an owner of a major contracting company is uh, seeing that they're getting young talent uh, coming in the door that are going that want to go into the trade. Yeah, that's very encouraging. And then one last question I have uh, on this topic: Do you have a lot of interest of women in the trades in your area? Yeah, we've definitely seen much. It's it's a little the job sites are a little more. Uh, you have to be a little more politically. Uh, correct on job sites sure, sure. Yeah. the days of uh you know using uh not granted there's also too that there's some that are uh the uh, ladies out there that are a little more even tougher than the guy <laughs> but, uh, we know some there is uh it, there yeah right uh no it, it's been it's been refreshing even in our organization uh katie uh we have a uh, uh, penny 
and, and Tara, who uh, work in our organization, who now are outside sales. And that, and it's, you know, there's a stigma still a little bit attached, but once you, you know, all you got to do is prove yourself once and people have no problem with it. Yep. So uh, they, they start, they don't look at, uh, you know, your, your gender as being important. You're just a person that's going to help me and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on job sites too, I, I, there's no question. I've seen a lot more women on job sites than I ever have in my life. That's yeah, great. pretty cool. I think company, we got one here locally, uh, Milwaukee tool, where you see a lot of women on the job sites. Right. And, and even for us, I mean, uh, Steve and I've been very cognizant of, you know, maybe not just, um, pigeonholing uh, a woman into the showroom space. Right. Cause it seems like that's obviously more female driven sure. and, uh, the success we've had um, is pre- we're we're pretty uh, excited about it, and we're still getting kicked off with some of it. Obviously, Katie's on the line here, but uh, Tara, Penny, and Brendan. I mean, it's pretty impressive what they do within our agency and, and the contractors they embrace with daily. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you know what? I just thought of something too. Yeah. Uh, our regional Tracy, yes, um, is yes. actually in your area. So you know, we have a lady is. who is a uh, regional sales manager. So. You know, that's very I'm awesome. Gander. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a very she's sharp a, lady. She's a spark. She's a Sparty too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> My stepson was a, uh, uh, played football for Michigan state. So we have some, uh, even though I, I was a fan of Michigan state for a while, but I'm usually a Wisconsin guy, but yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to talk to her just about that, of all the, uh, things. And she fits in great. Um, she has already uh, taken great leaps and bounds with our customer base. Now, granted, she's great. had some experience too, which is excellent yeah. uh, with another manufacturer. But uh, yeah, she stepped in and right away, and she's even helping us get better. So that's that's what's really we really appreciate that. Yeah. And we, and we got to say, Odie was the beneficiary of some consolidation and getting a very strong woman in the market with Kristen Allen, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, sure. There wasn't anybody that we thought more highly of, and so we're really excited that she's on your team and, and that family business. But there's a just another example of a a solid female in in our in our industry. It's right. really cool to see. Yeah. That's sure. great. For sure. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the, the lack of, um, you know, people getting into the trades. Um, obviously, you don't see that penetration necessarily in your marketplace. But if you had someone who came to you and said, hey, I, I'm on the fence. I don't know what I want to do, but I'm thinking about a career in the, in, in the trades. What would be your quick elevator pitch to them of why? Well, do you want to make money now or you want to wait and you want to pay off a big loan? I mean, there's a lot of positives to a college education. Uh, but with this, the trades, you have um, instant gratification. You go out there and work hard. You are going to make good money right now. I mean, they're, because of what we're all talking about here, the pay rates have definitely escalated. And with that comes you know, now you can build a family quickly instead, and you don't have to worry about this big loan to pay off. Yeah. So that that's kind of the tact I would take. Yeah, it's straight talk, right? I think at the end of the day, I think all of us need more of it, right? And we just, Steve and I just had this conversation with our financial person yesterday with an HSA was, you know, what it costs for a four-year degree and, and what that looks like and what you're going to make on that, on that uh, job coming sure. out and what you can expect. And so... You know, I have one example with my nephew. It's great. He's been in the trades, and I and, and one of the uh, benefits I think he has really seen is he's a little bit floated around in the different trades. He's, he's young, but he's been in the carpentry side. He's been in the electrical side. He has yet to be in the plumbing side, but I think there's other opportunities within the trades, within sure. the, like a building. 
um, for people to expand and, and look to grow. And maybe you, you start with electrical and maybe you want to go into carpentry. And I think the networking that you can provide on those job sites with the general contractors and the subs is is pretty loud. And, and my nephew's a good example of that. And proud of him because, you know, he went that route and uh, he's been successful because of it. Yeah, that's great. And I love that approach too, because um, we talk a lot about um, in your career, building your base, right? Getting to do a lot of different things. So you have an idea of what you want to do um, you know, as you continue to age. And I think going in as that general contractor, we try out some plumbing shadow under someone from electrical, figure out what you want to do will allow you to then be well-rounded. And we even have an ambassador who has a plumbing background, but has turned general contractor for that very reason, because he really kind of liked a little bit of all of the elements um, and has been pretty successful with it. So I think it's a great advice. You know, are there and any- I say everyone, everyone should work retail, too, because you never <laughs> know what's going to walk in that door and yes. you have to adapt to it. So if you don't have that experience in your life, I, you, you're missing something. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's all, I still say it's one of the toughest things there is. And that was my first gig. I, I don't think you've worked retail. Uh, no, I've never been in the retail, no. uh, but I've been, but you've been on the job sites, building all the retail spaces. Yeah. I've built yeah. a lot, but I've been <laughs> yeah. inside of the retail spaces before. And I watch customers walk in <laughs> holding this piece of pipe and whatever. And, and they're asking someone who maybe was working in microwaves the week before, Hey, can you give me one of these? Oh, you know, and then gosh. you just feel so bad for both parties. Oh boy. Good luck. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love it. So are there any specific initiatives or programs that HSA has or implemented to support um, and give back to the community or industry that you guys could highlight? Yes. Well, if oh, Katie Goodman, are we going to allow you to mm-hmm. unmute? Because Katie is a, a, a factor for us in terms of our, you know, embracing change. And, and we hired her. We're, we're fortunate, like uh, you guys were with Kristen, to get Katie and some consolidation and change. But Katie has helped uh, Steve and I embrace HSA Gives Back. And so, Katie, I think. Yeah, that'd be you great. Can speak to that. Sure. Um, we created a program called HSA Gives Back. We find uh, volunteer opportunities within our communities that we work in and we live. And um, sometimes they even have to deal with our customers. That's how we had found our first opportunity. So it worked out really well. Um, but we are also partnering with our manufacturers, our customers, our partners to get them involved as well to make a bigger impact um, in the things that we're working in. So in January, we did the Chicago Food Depository, and some of our Illinois team and their family members, they went out and we packed uh, 6,792 pounds of pinto beans. Awesome. Um, And we were actually able to present them with a monetary donation from Joe and Steve, which was very nice. So we sponsored 1,500 meals. Um, And then in June, we have some of our Wisconsin and Illinois team going out to Rockford. We're working on uh, six Habitat for Humanity houses. Awesome. We've um, pulled in some of our manufacturers or even donating some stuff that we can go ahead and have installed into those homes. So that's really, really a cool opportunity. Uh, August, we're going to be packing school supplies for um, kids in need in the Sheboygan School District. Um, so that's really exciting. So our plan and our goal is to kind of do one a quarter. Um, so at least 
four opportunities a year and then hopefully they just grow and they get really big and we can make an impact in these communities. That's awesome. I just think spectacular because it all starts, right? It starts in our neighborhood, starts in our home, starts in our communities and that's how things grow. Well, if you have not uh, reached out to us or if we have not donated, please let us know how we can because um, that's one of the things we talked about is we want to take action from each one of these podcasts. So it does us all no good if we just sit here and talk and don't do the work that needs to support it. So we you have know, after to listening to Thank you. After yeah. listening to Katie, we might have to do a whole 30-minute podcast just with her. I think so, maybe. Yeah. I, I think maybe we get Katie and Kristen Allen on yeah, together. I, I felt some great. serious oh, awesomeness there, let me tell you. Well, we've worked together in the past, so. <laughs> Doug, maybe even, Doug has a little uh, side hustle he wants to do of Odie Raw, too, so maybe we uh, have you on the Odie yeah, Raw. Yeah, so I should actually start promoting this. So I have an idea <laughs> that I want to do a spinoff of The Fix and do Odie Raw, where we get a little deeper in just everyday day plumbing stuff but i'll probably have to do it at night though because it might be a little bit risky there <laughs> a little bit. yeah i will not be the Sponsored co-host of that one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i love it well listen before we before we part i would love to hear from all three of you um to kind of give me your viewpoint and your thoughts and dreams for this industry what would you love to see this industry continue to become mm-hmm. in the next 10, 15, 20 years. I know that's a big one that I, uh, I, I spun on you. So whoever's ready can take it. Yeah. I, you know, from the, from an industry standpoint, uh, just continuing to grow with, uh, bringing in new, new talent and youth into our companies is really important, I believe. And, and, and just doing what we're doing here today is something we probably wouldn't have done had let them three years ago, five yeah. years ago. And, you know, our, our, our industry as a whole, um, is fantastic. Uh, you know, my father got me into this business saying, you always have a job. And I was right. never really understood that, but you know, we're selling products that are, are needed and, um, and it, that's really important, right? In, in today's world, we're, we will always have a, a place, uh, in, in the chain selling, you know, plumbing products and heating products. And, and I think if we can, uh, just get, continue to get that message to get uh, good, youthful energy, uh, into our, manufacturers and our rep agencies and our wholesalers that will just continue to grow um, all of our professions. And that's a big thing for me is just to continue to to promote the stability of our industry. And I believe that's really important today when everyone's looking for stability in their lives. And we can always say, though we've dealt with some recessions, uh, it's not been the same of like selling a boat or something that, you you know, you may or may not need ever. We've kind of made it managed to uh, get through those times. And I think that's a important message to resonate while we continue to recruit uh, new technology and new people into our, our plumbing heating industry. Yeah, for sure. Well said. Yep. And I think I, I know Joe kind of touched on it there, but it's one thing Joe brings up a lot that I, uh, I guess I was, it wasn't lost on me, but he speaks to it well about uh, the blend, right blend of lifestyle, mm-hmm. hard work, family, family first, uh, but hard work. And, uh, then that family thing becomes even better. So, uh, and that's what I really think that people need to understand that there is a, uh, uh, for all the Gen Zers out there, uh, that there is a nice blend. This is, there's great people here. Uh, there definitely is a, uh, uh, you can find people that are, or companies that are family first and then, but you got to work hard to get 
that goal. I think that that is uh, really what I, as a 63-year-old and soon to retire, or 62, excuse me, uh, <laughs> person, that's what I would I would like. I tell people, you know, this is one of the greatest industries. I've met some of my uh, best friends were sure. customers. Sure. And now I even have to correct myself sometimes when I tell friends, say, well, I'm out with customers. Well, no, I'm really out with friends. <laughs> yeah. So that's True. Very true. Katie, do you want to close us out and give us your thoughts on uh, your perspective for where you see this industry and your hopes and dreams for it? Um, well, I was one of the ones that started out in retail, right? So coming into mm-hmm. a plumbing industry was um, not where I thought I was going to end up, but I will say it's been very amazing to come in and kind of find my role and and my spot as a woman in a, a male-driven industry and mm-hmm. kind of seeing us all as women come in and and do find, do different parts, right? How do we make an impact? How do we think differently? Um, what can we bring to the table here? But I think the coolest thing is no matter how much this industry is changing, because I've it'll it'll be 10 years that I've been in the industry, um, the relationships are really what matter, right? So even though things are consolidating and people are moving, they tend to like just move around in this plumbing industry. Sure. And you have these lifelong relationships with these people and can always reach out and everybody's always willing to help. And, and I, I love that. So the technology is growing, we're making podcasts, we're doing crazy marketing stuff. We've got TikToks, but you can still reach out and, and have that phone conversation, that old school style, like just good friendship. So I, I hope to see that continue, which I know it will. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time today to hop on with us, get to know all of you a little bit better, talk about our industry. So thank you so much. Yeah, I just have to say, Joe and Steve, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your organization. And I'm really thankful that you're part of our team. And Katie, you also. Thank you. We are uh, so proud to be a part of the OD team. That's one thing I know Mason hired us. Uh, and one of the last comments I ever made, and I can somewhat be a little uh, full of myself at times, but I said, hey, OD is the best at what they do in our industry. We're the best at what we do in our industry. We should be together. Yeah. So and we that are. was kind That's of great. a, uh, and, it, and it worked out, and it's worked out uh, exponentially well, and we continue to grow and look forward to more of that growth. That's awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Fix. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss our next conversation dropping every Wednesday. If you have feedback about the show or a topic you'd like to see covered, send us an email at thefix at od.com or give us a shout out on social media. We would love to connect with you. Don't forget, you can get your daily fix by visiting od.com and we'll catch you next time.